Greetings and welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. We continue our Meet the Novice series. Today we have with us Brother Michael Thomas, who shares a little bit about his own vocation, his calling to the order, uh, the fact that his own parents are connected to the order uh, through the Dominican Third Order and laity. I share the story of the very first time I met uh, Brother Michael Thomas, and it was, gosh, a little bit younger than you might suspect. <laughs> and so, uh, and then a little bit about how indeed I his great adventure before entering the order, a kind of pilgrimage he took through Europe. So lots and lots of a wonderful uh, talk. And he's very honest uh, about his own struggles uh, at times with uh, following the Lord's call and, and that sense of how um, depression and uh, difficulty can uh, definitely be part of his own life. But then, in a sense, how we as uh, followers of Christ can face our own struggles in a very powerful way. So he's very open, honest, candid conversation. I, and I hope you uh, derive much spiritual fruit and benefit from our conversation today. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. I have with me today, Brother Michael Thomas. Welcome, Brother Michael Thomas. Thank you, Father Michael. Very good. So I just right off the bat, your name, you your baptismal name, your Christian name was not Michael. It was... Thomas Athanasius. Thomas Athanasius. And yet, well, I mean, I, from my perspective, upgraded. But what, yeah. what, what, what was your perspective? Yeah, so um, I... Um, I loved my name, <laughs> Thomas sure. Athanasius. Sure. I didn't quite get the Athanasius for a while. For a okay. while, when I was younger, I thought it was super weird. Yeah, um, I didn't really know who Athanasius was. Yeah, but then in college, I read. I had the the privilege of reading some of Saint Athanasius' theology and uh, realized, oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you've never read any Saint Athanasius, go for it. On the Incarnation, it's a great read. It is, um, and, a, and a pretty brief read. Like, yeah, not, it's not pretty short too. Maybe. Short. Nice. 50 pages. Here, here's, I'll just say, as long as we're on this track, I always thought that the life of Athanasius would just make a super, like, summer movie, like biblical yeah, summer movie, totally, like in, in like totally. the sword and sandal, you know, you go back to like the robe or like some of these epic Bible movies they exactly. made in the 1920s. You could translate that into the summer blockbuster because in his life, he, he's got everything in terms exactly. of, you know, just... Exile, exile, like, like fight, strife, there's battles, yeah. there's strife. There's there's the the story of him. So he's in exile of him, like having he's got literally people chasing him to imprison him, and he like jumps into the, the Mediterranean and like swims out and gets a boat and then My actually goodness. goes out to sea. Then Fanes jumps back in and swims back to shore. So then then they follow him in a boats and then like he kind of definitely jumps over the side, swims back and then takes up in a in a brothel. For like oh, wow. two months, yeah, I taught <laughs> wow. in a brothel. Yeah, no, so it's got everything. It's you got, got you got you, you got you name it. It's got every kind of thing, and and of course, then the, the the whole idea of the whole church being you know Aryan, right, to kind of this unorthodox position, and, and it's like Athanasius stands firm. Exactly. The, the one who gave me this idea was actually Edward Gibbon, who writes the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Okay, not Christian. It was, certainly, we read it at, at, at the college, um, but the he has this very evocative passage where he says. It's because of Athanasius that the Roman Empire fell. And he's not mm -hmm. talking just about Athanasius, but he's talking about those like Athanasius, like Benedict and others. Exactly. Like, these men were like geniuses. Super movers. Super yeah. movers. <laughs> these, these, are, these were men who were built or who had the, you know, the, the talent and the wherewithal to transform culture. 
and what happened is the church got them and it transformed the church and these are men who would have kept the Roman Empire going because of their brilliance, their wherewithal, their leadership and so forth. So he, he says there's a exactly. brain he 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 faults Christianity not because Christianity is inherently weak, but that it is it, it, an interesting argument, amongst other things. Uh, he says there's a, basically what we would call a brain drain on political and cultural Mo- life. Movers, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> because they all became <laughs> Christians, Christians <laughs> and, and, and therefore it, it took up positions of leadership. So Athanasius, yeah, yeah there's, there's a plug for Athanasius. But, yeah. but okay, so I, not that I need to ask, but for our, our viewers and our listeners, Michael. Michael. Why Michael? Yeah, why Michael? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a bit of a story, so yeah, okay. buckle up. <laughs> there we go. Here, here we are. Fasten your um, seatbelt. Uh, here we go. But yeah, so... If you it, promise a wild ride, though, you got, you're going to have to deliver. I am not sure. I know this story. <laughs> so, so yeah. Here we go. Well, we'll see how wild it ends okay. up being. But, right. uh, but yeah, so the year before I entered, so, so about two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was getting ready to leave on kind of a pilgrimage hitchhiking tour of Europe. And I was emailing a friend that I have in Italy about um, the prudence of trying to backpack through the Alps in November. Um, and he he emailed me back. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think it might it might um, you could do it if you have the right equipment and stuff. Um, and actually, can I come along with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he's actually, you know, do you have a plan like an itinerary for Italy? And I said, not really. And then he said, well, my dad says we should dedicate our, our vocations to St. Michael and nice. do this pilgrimage that starts from the south of Italy to the north of Italy. And it's this yeah. ancient pilgrimage um, dedicated to St. Michael that goes actually all the way from the north of Ireland, I think, to Israel. Yeah. So I was just doing the, the Italy um, leg of it. And the idea is that it, you kind of uh, take a map and you draw a sword, right? Exactly, and yeah. so it's kind of so you, you, you transpose this St. Michael's sword, sword across the geography. Defending, exactly, defending, defending all Europe, of Europe. Yeah. All of Europe, exactly. Yeah. So, so you did kind of like the blade. You exactly. Kind of like in the blade area. The blade area of the, yeah. of, the, of the sword. Okay, good. Keep going. Yeah, so um, I, for some reason, I just kind of felt like, okay, this is the Holy Spirit talking right here. Nice, like, like okay. Like this, this, this Seems like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I decided to do that, and I uh, I went to the the shrine in the south of Italy, which is at Mount Gargano. Yeah. Um, it's the apparition site of Saint Michael from I think the fifth century. Mm. Um, and was praying there and just told Saint Michael like, okay, like this is this is going to be a journey. Life is a journey, but I, and I think I'm supposed to be joining the Dominicans. Um, and if you get me there, I'll. I'll take your name and, wow. and I'll take you as my protector. So it was kind of a deal. Wow. I, I, I like deals. I, I like that's a great deals, story. Yeah, you know? no, spiritual <laughs> deals. Yeah. So, Let's so, make a deal. Um, so yeah, I, I did the pilgrimage. Um, and then I didn't, oddly enough, I didn't like feel like I developed a crazy like relationship with him. Like it wasn't super, super intense. Yeah. Um, and, but I, but I kind of was like, okay, I made this deal, so okay. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna fall through, yeah. you know. And what was his part of the deal? Just to protect you and keep you protect safe, me and you know, and exactly protect me and guide yeah, and really, plus. really, really protect, like okay, really, okay. Like, <laughs> like, like, like physically protect, yeah, yeah. Cause you well, just physically, fi- yeah, on on the on the journey, and then also spiritually okay. for the vocation, the whole yeah. the whole of the life, just really. Um, I mean, he's so powerful against Satan, sure. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> no, he's a man. So, um, so yeah, he he. I didn't feel like a crazy um, connection with him, but then 
the night before Vestition, actually. So that's Vestition is the night where we get the habit, and I actually got the name Michael Thomas. Yeah. Um, I I realized that my parents had offered me to the cause of Michael McGivney, um, or the protection of Father Michael McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then all the dots kind of started connecting. I was like, oh my goodness, like all my life, I've been, that my parents had, had given me over to the, um, to the kind of protection of Michael McGivney, who's obviously Michael, right? Did, did they have a connection with him somehow? <laughs> they did, actually through the Dominicans. Oh, okay. Um, so that was another little step, because oh. it was actually a Dominican priest yeah. um, that suggested this, because the Dominicans actually, I think, promote the cause yeah. for Michael McGivney's um, canonization process. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of all the dots. And actually, it was... Um, um, it was because I think, so I think my parents brought me to uh, the shrine to Michael McGivney and were in contact with this priest. Oh, in Be- New Haven? Was in New Haven, Haven? Connecticut. Because oh, okay, I was actually, I was born in, on the, on the on East Coast, the East, but right. moved to the West Coast that's when I was right. like two. So I'm, that's right. for all intents and purposes, a West Coast. Yeah, West Coast <laughs> that's right. You were, bu- okay, yeah, now, now it's falling into place for me. So Ex- they, so you were dedicated on that. I know where that altar is back in New Haven. Oh, great. have the church. Yeah. And that was a dedication for you. Exactly. Did you know that subsequent to this? Uh, yes, I did. I okay. did. I, I knew I, I had known that, but kind of just forgotten <laughs> it. It had just kind of been a fact in the back of my mind. And then yeah. the night before the vestition, I think you're, you're thinking a lot of thoughts. Yeah, you know? exactly. And you kind <laughs> um, of clicked together. It kind of all clicked together. And, and so, yeah, Michael's been, Michael's been my, my guy. I, and here's the thing I love about the stories uh, like that, because it's become more and more clear to me that even though we might feel like, or at least we have in our intentionality, freedom to kind of choose patrons, even before we choose them. Exactly. <laughs> if we've done it right, they've already kind of chosen us. Exactly. And the process <laughs> is us just kind of catching up with the reality. No, right? that's, totally, that's totally the case. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like the Lord. Right? He says, before you chose me, I chose you. It doesn't mean that you haven't chosen me. Exactly. But it means that there was already mm-hmm. a sense of God's grace leading the way and preparing the way. So, Michael, you, you were basically, Michael tapped you on the... Shoulder exactly. with a with, with with sword. With sword. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got the sword tap. Exactly. It's like being knighted. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Well, I just know my experiences when you uh, were being vested and, and received the name. Of course, I'm out in the congregation. This is just a Dominican-only event. And when I heard Michael, I was like, sweet. Another one. <laughs> another one. Another one for the Michael Another team. one for the Team Michael. Team Michael. And as you let the beard go, this is not great for the podcast, but... Red highlights. You're part of. I, I said the other day, part exactly. of the team, part exactly. of the Red Beard team, the Red Beard team, the Red Beard team, <laughs> <laughs> Team Red Beard. So, Team Michael, Team Red Beard. Exactly. Very good. You can't. Yeah. Vocation can't fail. There's. There, there are, so it would seem. <laughs> there, there are. There are certain signs of election or pre-election. <laughs> exactly. From my perspective, Red Beard and Michaels tend to. Tend to tend thrive. To, yeah, tend to thrive. All right. That's good to know. <laughs> so, so maybe back up. We, we really did jump midstream, but um, a little bit about, well, we promised a little bit of a vocation story, but just kind of your own vocation story. You said born on the East Coast, but uh, came with family to the West Coast. Uh, so a cradle Catholic, and how did you go from Catholic, you know, kind of life and living to the Dominican, Dominican order? Dominican yeah. order, yeah. So I, I, I think the... The short answer is my mom's prayers. Okay, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> um, amen. <laughs> uh, but if we want to go a little bit more into detail, sure. Um, well, how how did how were those uh, effective? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> how did, how did, exactly. How did mom's so, prayers help. Exactly. So, um, I mean, 
We were brought up again, yeah, like you said, cradle Catholics. Yeah. Very, How many siblings? Very much. Well, I'm one of seven. Yep. Yeah, so nice big family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a happy family. It is a happy family. Thanks yeah. be to God. Yeah. Um, Where are you in the order? I am the third. Okay. Yeah, so right. middle child. Kind of middle, middle. You know, okay. Okay. N- not too spoiled, but, but you know, just enough parenting there as well. So okay, it's, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this theory that middle children are kind of the, the best because they don't, they don't. <laughs> I know. I know kind you're of not this quite, theory. Kind of this theory. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. But <laughs> no, they, they don't get too much parenting. Okay. Right. Yeah. But they, but they also aren't quite spoiled like the younger ones. Gotcha. So, so they're kind of like this mean. Virtue is in the mean, as Aristotle says. Okay, very good. It's, <laughs> so. kind of, it's kind of like when you're choosing a spiritual director or, or even a doctor, for that matter. You want someone who's who's kind of like worked out all the kinks. You know, kind of like you know, doing everything first. So nothing's new. But it's before you kind of get to like, you know, yeah, the back end anymore. of your kind of like, yeah. like, yeah. like, like, you went right in the prime of like, that's a prime parent. You're saying prime parenting years. Exactly, or, exactly. Or child. So, okay, all right. so anyway, we'll, we'll leave that aside, but <laughs> that we, aside. we can discuss this in <laughs> <laughs> another time. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so um, grew up very, very Catholic. Um, and then in high school, as you know it kind of tends to happen <laughs> you can fall away a little bit to not not take your faith as seriously and that that was definitely um the case with with me um i came to college and really just entered college pretty clueless as again most people do i think um had a, a lot of fun at my freshman year but really i think was living um living pretty selfishly and, and for myself um uh and um, and so that kind of continued all throughout my freshman year. Then towards the end of my freshman year, I, I started having some difficulties that I uh, had never experienced before. I was always very kind of happy-go-lucky, kind of just along for the ride type of guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, easy going, easy going, affable, yeah. exactly. Life and the party, yeah. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> and then I <laughs> suddenly became very scrupulous um and uh for those of you who aren't familiar scrupulosity is kind of like a, a an ocd for spirituality <laughs> um and uh so you're constantly kind of checking and 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 wondering if you've sinned seriously um and so that kind of exploded in my life and and made me very anxious uh distant depressed um was there something that triggered that or just kind of gradually kind of thing it it kind of was a which is kind of an instantaneous like like i mean obviously that there were certain incidents that you know i i was worried about Mm, but it wasn't it just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere like i still haven't really (laughs) okay figured out where it came from yeah um the only reason i ask because thomas aquinas college was exactly college the college too and i I have to say there can be uh when i was when i was at the college there were those who were very much um, concerned about like liturgical orthodoxy and felt that even at the college that mm-hmm. they couldn't go to mass there in an authentic way. They had to find another place to go, uh, even though the mass at Thomas Aquinas College pretty is pretty orthodox. Pretty, you know, it's <laughs> in Latin and yeah. it's no Ordo, but it's it's definitely as 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 um, orthodox as you'd want to get. So I just, but I just wonder if there was that con- did the context itself kind of that, bring out that side or was it just I, I've, kind of, I've wondered about that yeah. I mean, I mean um, 
I did triathlon before, right before in high school. And so I was leading a very active lifestyle yeah. and then going from there to TAC, which yeah. is just like completely in your head, in your mind. Yes. I, I've wondered about that possibly, okay. you know, causing that in some way, but, um, but yes, I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, that, yeah, that happened. That happened. Yeah, so that happened. Okay. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. And, and thanks be to God that happened. Um, really? Okay. Because... Yeah, yeah, because I really think it did it did wake me up. I gotcha. mean, I think so so many of us can probably say that that hardship is really what what makes us grow. Right? Yeah, suffering, right? <laughs> suffering, exactly. The encounter of our own frailty and fragility. Exactly. It kind of, um, it kind of we're like, oh wow, I'm not I'm not as as, as hot stuff as I, I <clears throat> yeah, thought that I, I think was. I was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, so so uh, I was going through a very difficult time, and. Um, and thankfully, throughout that difficult time, I kind of fell in to having a, a Dominican spiritual director. Mm. <laughs> um, it was it was kind of by accident. I I just wanted to set up an appointment with him, a one-time kind of appointment, and he understood it as as me wanting to do a regular appointment. Oh wow! And I understood that at the time, but then it was like, you know what? It probably wouldn't hurt. Okay. All <laughs> so, right. so I was like, okay, well, you know, I have the time. Might as well do it. All right. And thanks be to God, I I, I, I did that um, because he really guided me through um, through those times. And he, he told me to, um, to, even though I felt super guilty, I was filled with tons of guilt because of the scrupulosity, um, to just go to, go to communion yeah. every day nice. um, and to pray every day. Yeah. And, uh, and, that really, um, really went from being the uh, something that I really feared because yeah. of the guilt to yeah. something that that kept me going. It was receiving Jesus became you know kind of the source uh, of of any strength that I had at yeah. that time. Um, and then, would you say that your relationship with him as a spiritual director kind of led you to consider the Dominican order as a vocation? Yes, for okay. sure. Okay. okay, for sure. Okay. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my my spiritual director is um, his name's Father Paul Rafter. He's a chaplain at Thomas Aquinas College. Um, he yeah he he just is is so solid and loving and and even keeled that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, that really attracted uh, attracted me and I think uh, I remember having thought if I if I want to be a priest uh, like. I, I want to be a priest like Father Paul, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and 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 oddly enough, actually, so so throughout kind of my awakening love for the Eucharist and, and that happening to me um, and growing, I I started to have a desire to become a priest, and even though I kind of saw like if I want to be a priest, I want to be a priest like Father Paul. I didn't really connect that with the Dominicans at first. Okay, um, it took me a little while. Sure. Um, uh, and actually, I, I, I started actively discerning the Dominicans because just because Father Paul was bringing a, a carload, a, a, group, yeah. a carload of guys up, jumped up in the to car. St. Albert's, and you I jumped, jumped in, in the, the car, car to St. Albert's. Okay, and uh, and yeah, they, um, I, I, uh, I came to a come and see. It was pretty good, I, but I wasn't like, okay, yes, definitely Dominicans. Like yeah. they're, they're my order. I, I looked at some other. I was looking at some other orders. I was attracted to the Franciscans a lot because of their poverty. Yeah. Um, I, I have a love for kind of simplicity of life. Yeah. Um, and, um, but then the, so I, I went on a come and see the first semester of my senior year, second semester, senior year, 
the Dominicans just kind of weren't going away. They were mm. in the back of my mind. I, I had kind of decided against the, the Franciscans for various reasons. Um, and uh, then one day I was studying uh, St. Thomas, because we do that senior year at, at TAC, as you yeah, know. Thomas um, College. Yep. Bears <laughs> um, his name, you better read named. him. Aptly named. Aptly <laughs> named. <laughs> um, was, I was preparing for theology class, and I just had this moment where uh, I just knew that you know, this is how I'm supposed to get to know you and to love you through the study of, of, of sacred theology. Um, and, and the next thought that came into my head was, Oh, that's what the Dominicans do. That's, <laughs> nice. you know, so, so I was like, okay, nice. <laughs> let's go. So I started, um, this is senior year. This is senior year. Yeah. Okay. So then I started, um, then I started more seriously. I reached out to the vocations director and yeah. said, "Hey, I, w- I want to come on a longer visit." That yeah. visit went well. Yeah, went through the application process. I remember having we had our interview right in here, here yeah. exactly right in this chair. <laughs> yeah, um, and that all went well. Hopefully, not too too scary. No, it wasn't. It was, okay. it was, it was very relaxed. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't do my job then. <laughs> no, and uh, I have to say that you both make me feel old in some way, <laughs> but all, but also that because my my the first time. I distinctly kind of remember you was in 1999 when at the time Father Bart de la Torre who was the Dominican chaplain there not that there's always been a Dominican chaplain but there's been two yeah. uh, since the origin of the college uh, in its current campus where it is in uh, in Ojai and uh, or Santa Paula Father Bart had organized as is his want everywhere <laughs> he goes a Dominican lady or a third order Dominican. Exactly. And so he had this idea and had had invited students and faculty and your dad is on the faculty. And so your I think it's your mom and your dad came and with you, babe in arms. I don't know how old you must have been ninety nine three. Ninety nine three, yeah, two or three, two or three. Yeah. So your mom's holding a wee little one. A wee little one. And I, I remember I was sitting on it and we're having, and so Father Bart said, well, we got to say the rosary. They would just start kind of start very Dominican kind of thing to do. And there you were just howling at the top of your voice oh in boy. the corner, just like a rug rat, <laughs> just like, like crawling around in the corner while all of us prayed the rosary to your, uh, and I thought, if I would have known then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God's grace, right? <laughs> future Dominican was in our midst. And, and it wasn't just me. I wasn't even Dominican at the time, but that's my first recollection yeah. of, of, yep. uh, of, of you. Um, and then just in terms of just kind of family life and, and living, I mean, in the Dominicans, your, your parents must be obviously uh, excited about the fact. I mean, they're yeah, third order Dominicans. They're pretty happy. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would assume so. <laughs> but but nowhere in that little story did you met. You mean, obviously you started by saying mom's prayers and certainly their prayers. But do you think they being part of the laity had an effect on, on that? Or it seemed like it was it was kind of providentially connected, but not necessarily directly affected. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably providentially con- okay. connected. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if anything... Uh, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, in, in reality and in God's providence yeah. and on deeper levels is probably a lot to do with that, sure. uh, my, my vocation. Um, initially, though, I think that was one of the reasons that it took me a long time to not look at the Dominicans. Oh, okay. <laughs> in some enough. ways, because, yeah. you know, I, you're, I'm, I'm young and dumb and, yeah. and you, you kind of think, oh, well, I don't want to just do the same thing as my what parents. my parents, yeah, okay. you know, but then eventually you're like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, you know? no, like, sure. <laughs> uh, 
Now, you mentioned being uh, at least involved in triathlons or being a triathlete. Mm -hmm. uh, let me ask you this with this question. It's necessarily obvious from the podcast, uh, but in the video cast, you have basically yeah, one arm. I have one arm. <laughs> one arm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> naturally. Now, are we, well, here's a question. Are you naturally left-handed? Do you know? Um, I, we think that I'm naturally right-handed. I don't know how scientific yeah. our theory is, but um, I've broken my good arm um, or my my full arm, full arm. <laughs> yeah. um, a couple times. And when I was, the first time was when I was, I think, seven. Okay. And I had a prosthetic actually made for my, I, <laughs> we all growing up, we called it my little arm. Your little arm? My okay. little arm. Uh, <laughs> um to play the violin. Okay. And so I had a little kind of attachment that you could put the bow in and stuff. And um, so anyway, we just, I had to do my school still, but yeah. this, this arm was in a cast. So we, we put a pencil where the, where the bow would go. And yeah. I was able to write actually better or about the same with this, with the prosthetic that uh, I was able to do with, with the hand. Wow. So, so based on that, we think that interesting. Bas basically, because handedness is obviously involved with your with the your brain, brain exactly, and not necessarily with your limbs. But not having a full right limb, I think not only you one arm, but it's not actually your dominant hand. Possibly, Possibly. That's, that's yeah, that's that's the theory that I've. But I, you know, I, I sometimes wonder as, as to whether or not. Well, it's super. well, two questions on that. So, what? How have you? Do you? I mean, at, the, at this point in your life not ha having a full arm of your right use of arms have, have you how have you found that in terms of challenging or overcoming or things yeah, like that? yeah. i mean i think i really just have to thank my parents <laughs> for yeah. for the way that they handled it i think they um they talked to someone when they found out you know when yeah. i was born that oh he doesn't have his right arm yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the way you were born it was that's that the way, way i was yeah, born yeah. exactly um and they talked to, they got in contact with a family that, that had also, also had a child who was born without one of um, his arms. And uh, they just said, don't, don't treat him any differently and he won't think he, he's different. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so treat, treat him as yeah. one thing. Don't, don't, you know, make any exceptions for him or yeah. give him any, any help. Um, and they, I think they did that and it helped that we were in a big family. So I was yeah. just one of the pack. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> right? sure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and so <laughs> I really didn't think, um, uh, think much about it. Um, growing up. I mean, when I was, I remember like when I was 12 and 13, kind of being a little bit embarrassed about it, you know, cause you're embarrassed yeah. about anything that's sure. different, that you know, is, like, yeah. Oh, I have a pimple on my face. So I remember like being embarrassed about it, but, um, that left pretty quickly. Um, especially when I got involved in triathlon, yeah. I, that was really a, um, a way that I was able to, um, I don't know, see that I could make this challenge cause it is a challenge. Yeah. I mean, you, you do, um, <laughs> you know, some things are just intrinsically more difficult, difficult and yeah. complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I would think balancing on a bike or even swimming, not, not having the full stroke. Ability. Exactly, exactly. Or tying your shoes. Or, yeah, you know, sure, yeah, 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 just like, this, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but how, how that could be turned into a strength, really. Mm. Um, how have you found it to be a strength? Like what? Um, I think, well, in terms of triathlon, um, it's... Uh, it opened the well. The, my arm really opened the whole world of triathlon open uh, uh, up to me. Um, I was a swimmer originally, and I got into contact with this foundation that that's into supporting 
uh, challenged athletes as we call okay. ourselves. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, and, uh, and, um, yeah, they, they got me into triathlon. Um, and it was just, uh, I had t- ones of t- tons of wonderful experiences, uh, racing. I got to race kind of all, all over the world actually. And, and, um, and yeah, just, it, it learn discipline and it was it was just a great formative kind of formative like experience, experience and it, and it was through group yeah and it was yeah. through you know in some ways because i had yeah. i was missing an arm yeah. and i think overall it's given me the um the ability to to really um adapt well mm. yeah <laughs> right? sure yeah <laughs> you know because i i i I've I've had to my whole life think of alternative ways to do things, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> and so so it, it 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 allows me to to come up with you know solutions that maybe other people wouldn't think of um, because I've had to think of interesting solutions. <laughs> and you're quite <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're quite dexterous with it too in terms of just being able to balance things and yeah. whole things. Like it's like even you know, you're, uh, is there a reason why you haven't used up? Because you could I, I think these days there are. Prosthetics pretty, that would, pretty intense prosthetics yeah yeah that could, that could kind of mimic is there a reason why you you mentioned simplicity but then maybe just you're used to it is there any i think yeah it's mostly used to it i mean okay. um i think generally generally people that are uh, born um oh my, my headset's kind of coming off oh here. boy <laughs> okay <laughs> challenge 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 exactly um um no but, um i people that are generally people that have congenital disabilities mm-hmm. when when they're missing arms um they they don't um they don't use prosthetics okay um just because it's it's just weird for them to have mm-hmm. uh, unless i guess maybe if their parents kind of give them a prosthetic from birth okay so they're used to having their point of extremity out there yeah but if you don't grow up with a prosthetic then suddenly like you get it get it you just be kind of knocking into everything uh, because you. you're you're not. It, it'd be as if you're like your 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 hand just like grew like yeah. six or seven inches. You know, yeah. <laughs> your body wouldn't, your brain wouldn't know what to do with it. Kind yeah. of. Um, so so I think that's that's why. Yeah, mostly huh. just just habituation, I guess, getting used to it. Because I know in the old canon law, you had to have all your fingers right to be able to celebrate mass. Exactly. So if now this is not the case, but if it was like okay, you have to have the prosthetic in order to do mass that's not the case but if it were that would be something that i'd have to get used to to (laughs) (laughs) but tell but even like serving mass i mean you served mass the other day you just handling all the vessels and things you you have to have a certain order and you kind of get a a, exactly get a rhythm get get a a rhythm you have to have a strategy (laughs) but then get a flow but yeah yeah, it's not it doesn't seem like it's an obstacle to you and it not and you don't it doesn't seem like you anticipate it being an obstacle in that way no, I don't. I don't no. think so. So, nice. <laughs> and yeah, it, yeah, and it does make it easier for identification too, because we're all in white, and you distinguish people by you know physical appearance and like, oh, the one arm yeah. guy. Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Michael right. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> but you're used to it. Um, um, let me take you back just because you mentioned it then coming into the order. What what if you had to summarize um, this year, just using one word? <laughs> what would it be? That's I'd say self knowledge, which is. Granted, hyphenate. Oh, but we're, we're going to hyphenate now, are we? Hyphenate. We're going to hyphenate. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to hyphenate self-knowledge. Okay, all right. Self-knowledge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Say, say a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's it's funny. We, we were t- 
we were talking earlier with yeah. about Saint Saint Athanasius and, yeah. and and the idea of like and patrons and the idea that they choose you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, one one passage that's really kind of I've gone back to again and again this year is 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 Saint John, the letter of Saint John, where he says he says that um, not not that I have loved God, but that or, or that you have loved God, but that God has loved you first, yeah, right? Exactly, right. <laughs> and that. Um, I, I thought about that when, when we were talking about yeah. about the the patrons choosing you, right? Yeah. And how how that's um, so true, and and you begin to realize that as you as you enter deep more deeply into relationship with God, which is what the novitiate is kind of all yeah, <laughs> all about, right? Sure, you're, yeah. you're, you're you're coming away from the world so that you can you can really get to know God on a deeper level. Um, and, and yeah, that, that reality, that passage of, of God loving us first um, has really um, been huge for me. You know, like, like he, like I, I'm so weak and yeah. I'm so um, in need of a savior yeah. <laughs> and he's there and he, he loved us first and it's not because of anything that I am. Yeah. That's so freeing. That's such a, that's such a freeing thought, right? That, sure. that it's not, it's not because I'm something or someone, Yeah. but I am someone because of him. That's right. right. Because of his love. <laughs> God doesn't love you because you're good. You're good because God God's loves love. you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. It, it makes me think you, you're very candid, almost refreshingly candid about um, just struggling with depression. And you, in fact, told the story in your vocation weekend that I think a lot of folks responded to, at least I heard back saying, gosh, it was he was so open about struggling mm-hmm. with, the, you mentioned the scrupulosity, spiritually speaking, but even just to kind of depression even psychologically um but yeah is that is that connected in terms of your the um perseverance in this life uh, because if you, if you live with if anyone lives with my michael thomas kind of sullen and depressed is not the words that come to mind is <laughs> 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 delighted to be that but to know that you know there is that there are those struggles um is there a way in which as you say self-knowledge in this year and kind of that um, confirmation of god's love and god's grace in your life has helped you with that sense of, uh, of struggling yes. and put it into a context or say, 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 say a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the struggle is always there. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. right? Um, the struggle's always there. But you couldn't tell. That's, why, that's the thing. I mean, I don't think any of our community was like, oh, you know, when you yeah. shared that, it was actually a bit of a surprise to all of us. Yeah. And we were excited that you felt open enough to share that. But then maybe from, because lots of people, I mean, <laughs> struggle well, certainly, especially in these days with COVID, we're all, I mean, exactly. the, the mental <laughs> um, need for Uncertainty. health yeah. is, is just out of bounds. I mean, just even in terms of my own ministry of being able to counsel and, and meet with people is, has spiked significantly. I'm sure. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> you know, the virtual Zoom meetings and things like that or over the telephone, you know, are, are not quite as effective, I find, as being in person, even with the limitations. But that encounter with Christ and God's love, maybe say something about that in its own year that you've yeah. had an encounter with God's love. Yeah, no, I found, I found, uh, <laughs> it's hard to talk about in some yeah. ways, but it's, um, I found that it it really um, there's w- w- when you when you begin to to um, I guess really really believe yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, in in God's love for you and his his um, the, the fact that he loves you um, 
from eternity, right? Mm. Unchangingly. Um, and, and he loves you and, and, and his love for you is what makes you able to love, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, once you kind of more deeply kind of realize that and know that and, and meditate and, and contemplate that truth, um, I found that to be uh, a place where I can find m- much security mm. um, and, and stability mm. um, um, because the, um, the kind of hardships, the, 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 the depression, the anxieties, all, all of these things, they're, they're really, I mean, they're, they're, they're fleeting, they're, they're, yeah. they're feelings, yeah, right? right. Uh, yeah. I mean, they can last for a long time. They can Emotions last for years, but down, they go yeah. up and down, yeah, they yeah. go up and down. Um, but, but kind of meditating and, and, and coming into contact with, with, with God, um, um, and that reality has, has, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's almost like underneath the up and down, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. The saints have used that image, right? That, that you have the sea and on the surface, there's all these waves, yep. right? But underneath it's still and calm. That's right. And to, and to enter into, into conversation and communion with God, um, um, is, is to take that plunge down underneath where it's calm and, yeah. and you can, you can fall back on that. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I I love that that image you they're talking about the kind of the stillness of the sea, you know, when, once you get beyond or get below the the roiling of the waves, exactly. And so forth, <laughs> yeah, and the church is being the bark of, of Peter, right? And so you've got this, this exactly. nautical imagery. Yes, yes, <laughs> overboard, yeah, overboard, <laughs> overboard with the, the Lord pro- is is promotional our promotional for is our promotional <laughs> exactly for, for 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 our summer series with our, our with our with our little ones. Um, but the the idea then that. Um, when, and we talk about faith so much as just intellectual kind of exercise. You mentioned reading Thomas Aquinas and being struck by the, the sacred theology as being how you encountered the Lord, that, that presence. And I know Aquinas, when he talks about faith, talks about, you know, believing God, you know, I- believing in God. And so just that's an abstract, like that there is a God. I know there's a mm. creator. And then there's a believing in God that is the, that word of God. We, we, as an authority, okay, it's like your dad gives you something, like you believe it because yeah. it's coming from an authority. But then he talks about believing into God, and there's it's, it's a tor- towards God, and they, we usually use the word trust there. I think in, in English, <laughs> more or less, where where there's a it's in the al- there's a, already an movement of the will there that's kind of propelling us into that that presence. <laughs> and as you describe that, uh, you know, the, the the challenge of putting into words <laughs> the experience of God's love for us, it takes a certain openness of heart and mind to trust that we don't have to do anything in order to yeah. receive God's love. We just have to be, we just have to accept it and then move in that love and be in that love. And that's where faith and love have that faith presuppose or faith both presupposes God's grace, but it also allows love to deepen, right? As exactly. To know God. And as you, as you say that, that kind of brings to mind that, that definition of Aquinas or those threefold ways of coming to faith in terms of just believing God, believing in God, and believing into God. Hmm. That, that sense of, of being drawn into his, his presence, trusting that in his presence, all of our problems, our stresses, our anxieties, they just fade away. Exactly. <laughs> like we're eternal <laughs> creatures. And the, the exactly. here and now, 2020, ah, it stinks. It's been it a stinks. terrible year. It stinks, <laughs> but... It, it's your novitiate year, though, right? It's, it's your first moment of, God willing, the, the rest of your life and vocation. 
And in the grand scope of things and scheme of things in terms of the eternality <laughs> of living, it's going to be, you know, drop yeah. in the bucket, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's great. Um, in terms of your, 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 uh, your own class and the, uh, the, the group, you've, you're all approved for vows now. Exactly. And, and you're making vows when? We are making vows on September 4th, 5th? I know this is really bad. <laughs> this is well. I I I actually asked all of all all of all, all of you guys. Did did the other guys get it? Kate, they probably would. Kate, brother Kim Peter did. Javi. Javi didn't. Oh boy. Well, I'm <laughs> glad I'm not alone. Right I'm glad I'm not alone. But you you were in the ballpark. You're fourth. So you're like in the you're in the middle. As, okay. As, so as is as as is your, even your birth order. So you, you kind of you were in the ballpark. <laughs> the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> the Xavier me had no idea. Brother Kevin Peter. Was right on the dim of it. So, so it's the th- third, the fifth, the fifth. The fifth. The fifth. Okay. Well, that's the fourth or fifth. That's what I said. That's what I mean. That you were in the ball. Yeah, exactly. You're, 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 you're close. <laughs> that's what I mean. The mean in between. The, the exactly. Self-confident knowledge and have no idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're right then. You're in exactly. the have a clue area. That's no. very. That's very apt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but we um, we continue certainly uh, to to pray for you and your continued of. Uh, vocation and formation we ask here at St. Dominic's you, you pray for us as you go you'll be departing Will soon do. for St. Albert's it's been certainly I, I love having the novitiate at St. Dominic's is ah, it's wonderful for the parish it's the foundation it's the anchor of our Dominican life here in our, in our priory I, I just feel so privileged that I get to be in this community yeah, well it, it's been a <laughs> gift being here and yeah. being at this parish it's I mean it's it's such a I mean, you just walk here, and you, you know it's a special place. There's just a <laughs> that's a good that's, something about it. <laughs> amen. I, that's a that's a good place to end. A special place about it. So, may all those uh, who have uh, listened to the podcast or are seen us on the video here uh, truly be uh, encouraged in, in your own vocation, and may you truly radiate the joy of the gospel right here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.